0: Thank you for being a part of the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan Small, and I'm here with Trent Young today. We're so glad that we have an opportunity to encourage you to endure as we think about the numbers 2023. I can't believe it's a, 2023, man. It's just like, wow, we're getting older and older and older. You know, you know when I was a kid, Trent, and, uh, you know, I, you know grew, grew up in church and all that kind of stuff, and... Uh, I remember we watched all these series about Revelation one time and probably didn't really have a positive influence on me as a kid, but I remember thinking, you know, I'm sure Jesus is going to come before 2020. Well, we're in 2023. We don't know when he's coming. We know he's coming. We don't know when. So we've got work to do. So I guess we're here to help people do that work today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Alan. I remember that the book uh, 1984 was out, and and we thought the world was going to end in 1984. So, gosh, we're getting all kinds of gravy time here. This is
0: great. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens when uh when we get older. You know, I know some people thought the same when the Saints won the Super Bowl. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, no You know we we love talking about the new year you and i are both people who are i would i would call us high visionaries and so we're going to kind of do something fun i i think this is really exciting so today we're kind of taking taking your approach into coming into a new year we're going to talk through that and then uh for our next episode we're going to kind of take my approach for coming into a new year and i think it's kind of neat because i think you do a better job in the area of probably assessment. And so we're gonna see a lot more of that, I think, today. And I think for, for me, my maybe my greatest strength with that is the futuring thing that I really like to be probably too many steps sometimes from, from where I'm at. And I think those things will kind of come out. But I think if you'll listen to both of these, I think there's gonna be a lot of things over these next two episodes you can glean something from.
1: Yeah, I agree, Alan. Um, and it's everybody comes at this differently. Um, one of the things I want to say as we begin is that unfortunately, this is a as we start looking toward the next year, sometimes people get freaked out and um, it causes us to show that we are not people of faith. Unfortunately, a lot of people in our pews, they get too freaked out and they have they don't have the faith in God that we' we should have. So so hopefully um, we'll be able to encourage you and help you to look forward to 2023. So Alan, um, let's get started on this. Uh, one of the things that um, as we were talking through this and as you mentioned that there are going to be a lot of outside forces that will be affecting us in 2023. And so so let's think about those. Um, first of all, you mentioned our economy is going to be weird and sketchy. And so how, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I think that just because of the uncertainty of the things that are going on economically at this time, that we need to be prepared in our churches and in our ministries to, to maybe see a decrease just because people don't have the resources and the money. I think we can also see the needs the needs of people increase. I know I've already had several churches tell me that their benevolence ministries are being stretched in, in ways that they've never been stretched before i think we're going to see that continue i think people with needs are those needs are going to escalate because the gap between what they need and what they have um is is just going to continue to grow I mean, the inflation over this past year has been you know unbelievable i know people are paying we're well, on paying almost six dollars for a dozen eggs in some places it's it's just wow it's just, just mm-hmm. crazy so i i think we're going to see that um I also think, Trent, I think we're going to continue to see the political pressure. I I know we we feel that kind of squeezing all around us, that political tension that exists, and it exists in our churches.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and both of these, I, I tend to be an optimist, and, and so I want to encourage people to say, okay, yes, there are some, some problems, but they present opportunities you know, um, so our churches are going to have incredible opportunities to minister to people if they do benevolence or helping out. I know it's going to stretch us all and we're going to have to really test our faith, but if we are willing to take those steps to reach out to people who are not in our church, God's going to open up some doors for us to share about Jesus in incredibly new ways. And so I'm kind of excited about that. And even the political pressures, if the church will stand and stand for Jesus instead of trying to pick which party to please then um i think we'll be way better off let's let's not be a political machine let's not be a political party let's be a jesus group yeah and so uh, yeah
0: yeah i love that you know i was preaching through isaiah 9 6 uh, on sunday and i was just thinking about that that phrase and the government will rest on his shoulders and you know the idea of shoulders being the place where you carry the burden mm-hmm. let him carry the governmental burden <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because all all of our attempts to carry that burden are always going to fall short. But when we allow Mm -hmm. him to carry the burden, he can handle it. He has the shoulders big enough to carry that burden. So let him um, carry that burden. But I think the challenge, Trent, and I think this is one of the places where the church has to avoid that angry mindset, is that growing Mm -hmm. secularism in, in our culture. It's not turning back. We're not seeing this Push toward greater morality. We're we're seeing more of that free for all spirit that pulls people away from God, and we have to avoid that kind of getting angry at the growing secularism in our culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I I think this presents a great opportunity because people are tired as well. They're tired of the angry um culture that they see themselves living in and they they're tired of all that how that affects their family and their kids and so if if we can present peace which is supposed to be one of the things that really draws people to jesus christ man talk about a great opportunity for us to be able to speak into people's lives to say hey there's a different way you know we don't have to be angry all the time we don't have to be angry at at political parties. We don't have to be angry at each other. We can, there is a peace that you can have that passes understanding.
0: Plays back into Isaiah 9, 6 that he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's -hmm. fantastic. Trent. So those are just some things we want you to be mindful of. Those are things that I can feel pretty confident about going into, uh, uh, 2023 as far as where kind of our culture is headed, but let's talk about your steps. So, You've given us six things today, Trent. I love I love these because these are questions to kind of uh, evaluative type questions. So let's look at these um, today. So you said let's evaluate. You know the the past year, and what are you thinking about when you think about the, evaluating the past year?
1: Well, I think this is a natural thing for people to do, and even in churches because people are already doing this at the at the beginning of a new year, you know, get ready for the onslaught of diet and gym commercials because everybody's going to be like, hey, I didn't do well health-wise last year. And so this is a good time for a church to be able to do the same thing and to evaluate how did we do health-wise as a church last year? And so here's a couple of questions to to ask, Alan, I think that are, are good for a church to ask themselves is what went right and what did God bless? Unfortunately, a lot of times people ask the what went wrong, but let's let's look at the positive. Again, I'm an optimist um, by nature, and so I'm going to ask, and I did ask my churches what went right and what things did God bless in the past year?
0: Yeah, I think those are, are great questions. You know what what is it that God blessed and that positive spin too, Trent, what went right? I I think Mm -hmm. we spend, we're going to have the other question, but we spent, we need to spend some time um, asking ourselves, what are some of the things that went right um, this past year? I tend by nature to drift off into the pessimistic side. And so so there are times I've gone into, well, nothing went right. And that's Mm -hmm. just not true. You know, so I think we need to really sit down and say, what are some things that went well? What are some things that, when we did them was a good thing. You know, I remember we did a summer movies night, um, kind of during COVID where people could spread out and and come and and be together. And that actually turned out really well. People enjoyed that. We saw someone come to faith um, as a result of that ministry. And, you know, I remember sitting at the end of that year, you know, that was something that actually was surprisingly better than I expected it to be. And it was, was grateful for that. So I think it's about finding those things that that work and and really cel- celebrating the things that went right.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you used the word celebrate because that was my whole point of doing that is hey we, as a church family as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be really good partiers you know? Um unfortunately, we were known as those people that are always mad and, and so I think there we should find those things to celebrate, you know, because our God is good, you know, and so that's the the positive side there is you do have to look and be honest that there are some frustrating things right in the past year. And so you, you need to be able to write and and as I'm thinking about this process, the whole way through, I'm thinking about, hey, let's get a big marker board or big marker sheets and stick on the wall. And let's, let's talk through and, and answer these and put our answers on the wall. So what things were frustrating, um, and so what? And what was it about them that made them frustrating? There are sometimes that things are very effective, but the way that they happened, or something that happened in that time, was frustrating. So you kind of got to break those things down too.
0: And that that makes sense. Now, Trent, who are some of the people that you might invite to help you look at those things? Because if it's just left up to us, we might miss some of that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Uh, you can do this in lots of different ways. I For sure, you want to do this uh, maybe even first. I always think about the meeting before the meeting. Um, But, I, you know, with your staff and your leaders, deacons, elders, um, that's a good group to do this with. And then you can do it as a whole, you know, church-wide thing. And let people, I've done that before where we put up, you know, big sheets on the wall and let people go around and, and write their answers. And it's it's enlightening because some things that you would not count as positive, other people are counting as very positive or the other way around as well.
0: So, so that's kind of an internal kind of audit, a, a glance mm-hmm. at the things that went right. But we also need to be able to do some of those things that maybe seem a little subjective on the front end. Mm-hmm. And you you say here that we need to take the temperature of our congregation. You know, are they are they hot or cold? You know, I think that's a really important thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. And I love I love how you said that because I think we we sometimes assume that people maybe are in a different spot than they really are.
1: Yeah, you're right, Alan. Um we just by the way that we see their faces, we make an a judgment based on you know what we think of them. But God may be, even that sour-faced person that sits in your congregation, God may be really working in their heart. And, um, and you see a desire uh, in them, once you start talking to them, of, to serve the Lord. And so you, as a pastor, this is a question really for a pastor leader in a church, is to take the temperature of the congregation and There are several parts, you know, what do you, as just an overall, as you look at your congregation on a Sunday morning, do you feel that they are hot or cold? But then as you talk to some of those people, some of those leaders, you know, you kind of get a more defined picture. So um, I think it's important to, you know, as you're doing this evaluation that you see, okay, yeah, we had some great things last year, but what is their temperature for the coming year? are they excited about serving the lord or are they
0: not yeah i think you've got a couple of questions that you ask up here that actually if you don't know i think those questions will actually bring clarity clarity to that and um i think i think you again you can't put everyone in your church in the same boat but i think you need to know what is the overall temperature of your congregation so if you if you got more people who are on fire for the lord and passionate in their faith it's going to guide you in a different direction than if less than half your congregation is that way so you it, it really is going to dictate a lot of what you do and, and how you proceed forward uh with with that and part of that proceeding forward is what what are you preaching on where where is your sermons going over the course of the next year
1: yeah, Alan, I really enjoyed when we recorded episode one hundred and ninety three. and by the way, we're really close to two hundred episodes. Man, I'm just pumped about that. But anyway, one ninety three was about how to take a sermon planning retreat. and um I think you know that's an important part of your thinking about to twenty twenty three is that you start putting together that skeleton of what where you're aiming your church because your sermons will be aiming your church along the way
0: yeah when you think about a skeleton if you know if you went into a classroom a science classroom or whatever and you saw the skeleton you know you know that for it to make sense everything's got to be connected in the right spot and when Mm -hmm. you're putting your sermons together that's what you want them to do you want everything to be in the right spot and you want it to hit the right mark and people to know why you're going that direction. And I think that's why that's so, so important. You need a direction and your speaking and preaching needs a direction because it's the most visible thing that we do in the life of the church is, is deliver our, our weekly messages. So make sure that you have a plan. And yeah, that was a fun episode to record. I can't believe we hadn't done that one yet when we got around to it, yeah. <laughs> but but I do think that that's a, a great episode. It's one I'm going to tag and, and and send to some guys on occasion I know who are younger in ministry uh, because mm-hmm. I didn't do that when I was younger. younger, And I wish I had. I wish I'd started that um, a whole lot sooner. So yeah. that's the sermon series. Now, what about what about vision? We're going to talk more about vision in, in my part. But what would you say about vision here that, that's so important?
1: Well, you know, I think that sometimes pastors, if they have a vision and they've shared or preached about that in the past, they think, well, everybody knows, but honestly, we need to continue to bring that up. We need to reinforce that in our sermons, especially at the beginning of a new year, because people are like, are expecting that. And they there's going to be, hopefully, you've got some new people that haven't heard you know, your sermon about your vision for the church. And so if you do have a vision, then share it again. The beginning of 2023 is an opportune time to share about that. If you don't have a vision, then by golly, you need to be praying and seeking God for his vision for your church.
0: So true. You know, when I was thinking about what you were saying, Trent, it, it dawned on me. Have you ever been a part of a church that would like do a song of the month because it went with a sermon series or something like that? And a lot of churches, a lot of churches got away from doing that because people after four weeks of singing the same song would get frustrated singing the same song. But if you were a guest and you came in and you had never heard that song before, it tied in wonderfully and it made sense to you and before that four weeks is over you knew that song as a church member if you didn't know that song before because repetition creates memory which pulls it to your mind uh, quickly and that's really what vision is supposed to do if vision doesn't stick it's not vision and Mm -hmm. so our vision has got to stick to people. And if one of the things I think we do, and I've been guilty of it, is casting the vision and assuming that everyone got it and I'm moving on to the next thing and realize that that I looked back and not everyone had stuck. Yeah. So I
1: think that's really, that's really true, Alan. Um, because we've thought about it so much, preparing for a sermon and and putting all this down, but our, our folks in our church have not thought about it near as much as we have. And so we do need to reinforce that
0: so so vision now here's a couple of the value to questions that i think kind of tie back into how you can determine the temperature of your church Um, you and i've talked this past year i go back if we have some episodes on mission and the great commission where we suggest you need to be local plus one of the other quadrants to be a healthy church that you can't be healthy if you're only in one quadrant of service Mm -hmm. well these next two kind of tie together you know did your church do any mission trips this past year you know you Mm -hmm. just got you just got back um, from a mission trip where you're kind of exploring opportunities um somewhere else um Mm -hmm. somewhere kind of kind of cool made me kind of jealous but you were in greece but talk to (laughs) us about talk to us about mission trips
1: Mm, I, you know, I've, I've said a lot, and I truly believe this is true, that that outside of salvation, mission trips affect people more than anything else. And so, you know, I've been amazed at the number of churches I've come across that have not done a mission trip in a number of years, if ever, sometimes. And I was like, man, you're missing the opportunity to let your people serve and to experience something new. So. If you I think you should ask yourself, have you done any mission trips? And um, you said local and another quadrant, and that's really true. You need to be doing you know multiple types of things. And so have have you done something outside of your local area? Um, and if you have, remind your church about those and tell them that you need help planning some more. And if they if they went, they're going to be on board to help you plan some more. If you have not, then ask your church, hey, are are we doing what Jesus commanded us to do? And and, you know, begin that not only self-evaluation, but church evaluation in, in that area, because we're called to be on mission.
0: So you I know, think are big As Southern Baptists, we sometimes say, well, we're giving to the cooperative program and therefore we're doing that. We're doing that. And that is great. But participation matters and Mm -hmm. participating not only financially, but with your personal involvement is a life changing event. And I would encourage every church to consider how you can get involved in two quadrants of ministries somewhere. It doesn't have to be international. It could be with your state. You know, we've got mm-hmm. a lot of ministries all across our nation um, th- that that need help, that need volunteers, that need service. We we also have, you know, opportunities regionally, you know, that mm-hmm. may matter in area to area. Here in Texas, I know there's a lot of ministry going on um, in, in border areas right now, and, and there's a special call and a special need um to to work at the border and and serve the least of these there so it really is about finding those quadrants but making that determination that sitting on the sideline can't take place that you that you've yeah. got to that you've got to get involved with that
1: well and, and i want to add too and we got to do a whole episode about this but mission trips if you do those those will increase your giving to the cooperative program they, those will increase your giving to whatever mission funding you do. If you get people involved in going, giving will automatically come up. I've seen it happen again and again. And so uh, I just, I really want to encourage you to, to look at this. And um, there's so many, so many places that can help you. And they, they've already maybe put together an opportunity and they'll take care of all the details. You just got to show up. Um, I'm helping our a couple of our churches plan some things right now, and and there's some great opportunities out there. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the border, Alan. That's that's a great great opportunity because it's one of those angry places that need the peace of Jesus.
0: Absolutely. So we need to think about what is near <laughs> to us, and it may not be that ministry where you're at. It may be, but wherever you're at, how can you get? involved in mission and then when you're doing that you're also thinking about what are we doing locally and that's the other mm-hmm. question what did we do to serve our own community um, if you'd go back and listen to our episode about does missions matter um, we said again be in two quadrants one of them should always be your local quad, quadrant you've got to mm-hmm. serve your own community healthy churches serve their community and somewhere else, at, at least one other quadrant. You can serve all four if you've got enough people hands mm-hmm. then, by all means, serve all four. But what are you doing to serve locally? That boy, that's huge.
1: I think so too, Alan. I mean, because it seems if you always just focus outside of your community, it really comes across as disingenuous, um, not only to your church family but to your community. If you're pouring lots of funds to go send a group. Across the, around the world, that but you don't do anything for your local community, they won't they won't trust you, and it, you really lose the opportunity to bring people into your church that way. So I think it's important that we do a local um, outreach effort all the time, man. We and be creative. We did lots of stuff. We gosh, we brought in um, eye doctors to help people that needed glasses. We brought in dentists to be you know that we just, the church paid for um, our community to have free dental work for a weekend and and lots of things like that. Um, We, you know, we helped our local food pantry. That's an easy one uh, to do. And not only collect canned goods, but go and serve in their ministry. So there's lots of things you can do.
0: Yeah, I think those are great. I I know my church is here. I talked to these guys and you know they're working with schools. they're they're working with crisis pregnancy centers. they're working with feeding ministry, They're clothing, they're clothing um single moms. i I cannot believe just the the scope and the broadness of local opportunities. I think that again, that'd be a great episode just talking about what our church is doing to serve their own community. It's an unbelievable number. of of ministries and i remember you know that if we want if we want to touch a life we first have to lend a hand i think that was a john maxwell Mm -hmm. kind of quote thing but it's so true if you really want to get get permission in someone's life be willing to help them and i i love that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i I read a quote and i can't remember if we've shared it on here or not but uh, george barna had done research that that christians had outpaced the government by a long shot on their giving and helping families and so um this is an area that christians shine in man we we should be those people that are out there helping people and uh and that starts locally and we do a good job at that
0: yeah so we had six things in here trent evaluate the past year take the temperature of the congregation plan a sermon cell uh, skeleton um, ask yourself these questions. Do you have a vision for your church? Did your church do any mission trips in the past year? And did your church uh, do any major efforts to serve the community? So I love those questions, Trent. I think those are fantastic. And I, I, I love how you go about uh, preparing uh, for a new year.
1: Well, man, I appreciate you letting us share. And it was a good discussion. And I really wanna encourage you all as listeners if you, to think about your church and, and think through these questions. It may not be a formal, hey, getting the whole church to answer these questions, but at least you as a leader need to ask those. And, and we're glad to be able to bring that to you today.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on next week when we kind of hear my side of the story about how I prep for a new year. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining the Enduring Churches podcast.